Welcome to the 10th episode of the Creative Wanderer podcast, your weekly jaunt into creative inspiration. We are Joe and Amelia. Hello, Amelia. Hello, Joe. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in this week. Today, we will be talking about week nine of The Artist's Way, recovering a sense of compassion. First of all, well done on making it all the way to week nine. Yay! <laughs> we are almost there, and we're finally ready to face the biggest creative block of all, fear. Oh, it's a big one. It is indeed. But Julia equips us with all of the tools necessary to start dismantling our sense of creative dread. We will also be examining the role enthusiasm plays in our daily creative routines. Ooh, that sounds like loads of fun. We hope you're enjoying this journey with us. And if you would like an extra member of your sacred circle, we're very happy to be able to offer you our support in a number of ways. You can email us at creative underscore wanderer at yahoo.com or you can follow us on Instagram at creative wanderer. Just replace part of creative with the number eight and the beginning of wanderer with the number one you can share pictures quotes you've been inspired by or affirmations which resonate with you and if you get in touch with us we will give you a shout out amelia yes how did you find this week oh it was a strong week very mm. reaffirming and i felt like i was recovering huge chunks of myself wow i absolutely loved getting my teeth into my creative blocks most of them are based on my own fears of simply starting something because in my mind the tasks are just too daunting yeah so it was nice to be able to break those down and feel safe while I'm doing that or sometimes I felt I just wasn't good enough to accomplish the desired result oh yeah uh, so those were my blocks when it comes to laziness and procrastination reframing those into fear was a life changer for me yeah yeah just giving myself permission to call the laziness and all my blocks fear mm. it's really really liberating I love digging up my abandoned creative projects and giving them a new lease of life and my morning pages showed me that I am making progress despite all the moaning I do in them <laughs> and I also loved examining enthusiasm and its power to keep me going in life oh that's great yes you got a lot out of this yes. week didn't you I mean the moaning pages are fascinating now we're allowed to read them mm. and going through them you kind of think goodness gracious me am I still going on about that mm. am I still waffling on. Not all of it was particularly exciting reading. Nope. A lot of it was just repetitive. But that's what they're all about. Repetition is good. Repetition is key. Because that's when you find out what you should be doing. Mm. To call to action, isn't it? Yeah. Julia says, read them in such a way that you're not judging them. Do not be harsh on yourself. Mm. And it was an exercise in self-love for me. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah? Yes. Because yes. immediately I was like, oh, this mm. is so bad. Why am I moaning about this? This is so poorly written. <laughs> what was I thinking? And I thought to myself, no. Listen to the way I'm speaking to myself. It's horrific. Mm. They are what they are. They're an expression of my emotional state in the moment. And that's all they are. Yeah, they're just a stream of consciousness yes. right at that moment in yes. time. And they're not meant to be the next bestseller. No, of course not. No one else is going to read them. <laughs> no. Apart from you, so there you go. And they really oughtn't. <laughs> I also enjoyed goal setting. Yes. And it was great to look at my goals for today. Yes. For the next week, the next month, the next year, mm. the five-year plan. When you break them down, it doesn't feel as daunting. That's my five-year plan. How do I get to that point of starting from this moment in time? So that's great. And I know that there's similar tasks that we've had previously weeks as well which get you to do the same thing but this was specific it's fantastic and it really helps you with creative u-turns keeps you on track doesn't it mm. you kind of know where you're going and whenever you feel tempted to perhaps wear off that road 
road, you're like, nope, I need to keep on going. Mm. Having laser beam focus. Mm. That's really vitally important, isn't it? Yes. That's one of the challenges for me. As a creative, my focus is not really directed in a linear fashion. No. It tends to kind of swirl and whirl around (laughs) me, right? Yeah. Which is the way, I guess, the creative brain works. Definitely does. But then when it comes to the creative process, I guess there has to be a bit more structure to that. Mm. Well, if you know your goal, and of course, you remember, we're not focusing on the goal. We're focusing on the journey to get to the goal. And each part of the journey is a goal. Mm -hmm. That's the thing, isn't it? You can have projects all over the place. You don't have to stick to one particular thing, especially not if you're a multidisciplinary artist. Mm -hmm. But if you are in that moment focusing on that thing, that's when you need the laser beam focus. Yes, for sure. It is. It's balance, isn't it? Mm. It's life. Sometimes we succeed and sometimes we don't. And it's okay. So Amelia, Mm. let's do it. Let's dive in. Let's face the fear and do it anyway. Facing our fears helps us heal shame of past failures. And, you know, maybe we felt deep shame because I couldn't do it. I didn't do it. Now we've gone through this process through the artist's way. We have many more tools in our tool belt. And we can spot our own ways and means of self-sabotage and those blocks so much more clearly. What we are dealing with this week is those moments when we were given incredible creative opportunities and we cowered and we stepped away from them because perhaps they made us feel that we do not have the skills that are necessary in order to accomplish that task Mm -hmm. it was just too much we felt out of our comfort zone or we didn't even know that we were dealing with fear we just decided to do something completely different in our lives the synchronicity the universe presents you what you've always wanted literally on a golden diamond encrusted latter and we go oh actually no no I, I I think I'll go and move to another country now so when those moments in life happen we beat ourselves up we feel ashamed we kind of know we've let ourselves down we feel we've let other people down but we just know we were not ready or something didn't fit mm. and then it's very easy to label ourselves cowards incompetent or lazy lacking talent lacking discipline or not having the it or as procrastinators this is why we must use the correct names and terms for our behaviours. And I was just thinking how fear is the wolf. It wears sheep's clothing, it hides itself in yeah. jealousy or in anger or in procrastination or in any of those things. You're right. So we have to name it as it is. Not only naming fear, but using the correct names for our behaviour. We know that they all just boil down to fear. Mm-hmm. I've read somewhere a quote that said, the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is fear. Yeah. Yeah, and the only antidote to fear is love. There we go. Easier said than done, isn't it, Joe? Of course it is, yeah. Another part of navigating our way through fear is to work with accuracy and with compassion as well on yeah. our creative recovery. Yeah, I think accuracy speaks to what we've just said, naming behaviours mm-hmm. and emotions for exactly what they ah, are. Ah, yes, And yes. then when you really hit the nail on the head, mm-hmm. the solution appears. Yeah. It's so easy to dismiss Mm. us as lazy, but what's underneath that? What is it? Let's dig. Let's name it. It's fear, Mm -hmm. you know. Or maybe the person doesn't know how to apply the tools of their trade, so to speak, and they're just ashamed. They don't want to tell you. That's one to think about. That's what I love about this week. Julia speaks about every subject with a lot of depth a lot of compassion and a lot of love. We are always learning and that's important to remember. Nobody expects perfection. And if we haven't mastered something, it's okay. Yeah. 
That's true. And of course, Julia's Pearl of Wisdom, blocked artists are not lazy. They are blocked. Mm -hmm. Call it what it is. But I guess underneath it all, it is the fear of taking that first or next step. And I still have, I must admit, sometimes problems with it. And that's why I found this week so healing because Julia gives us a set of practical, applicable Mm. steps to actually address that problem. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. The issue is that when we are blocked by fear, we tend to feel that we need to achieve everything all at once. And it's difficult for us to think in achieving our goals by taking small steps. Yeah. That's one of the attributes of a blocked artist. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah, <laughs> same. <laughs> we use up a lot of energy, which is not visible in terms of the actual product that we are meant to create as artists. Mm-hmm. There isn't a product because we are blocked, but we use that creative energy on a lot of other stuff, which is self-hatred, regret, oh. grief, jealousy, self-doubt. There's a thing that I think about quite a lot. If you don't take the baby step in its tadpole size Mm. then it becomes so huge and it becomes a dragon before you even begin so you're already terrified of it whereas if you'd just taken that tiny little tadpole splash (laughs) rather than the Godzilla that you have turned it into then you would be on your way but fear just encroaches on you it's not easy the procrastination bug Mm. I've been struggling with that one my whole life it's the daydreamer in me I'm away with the fairies a lot (laughs) Julia again blesses us with a pearl of wisdom she says do not call the inability to start laziness call it fear Mm. we have many artistic fears don't we joe we do indeed fear of failure the worst one fear of success Mm -hmm. which is actually masquerading as a fear of failing yeah fear of not being good enough fear of not finishing fear of not beginning at all and if you have a fear of not beginning at all you won't begin at all that's right fear of abandonment was a big one for me for a long time okay it's a twisted fear that I felt if I express myself fully creatively that I would lose everything near and dear to me oh that is horrible again it's one of those inverted fears and Mm. you know just irrationality of the human mind and then when I spotted it I called it by its rightful name yes I was like oh that's what I've been doing just by spotting it and calling it I experienced a huge relief in my life yeah it's so sad isn't it that I following your creativity by following the thing that makes your heart sing Mm. you risk hurting your parents I find that that is such a cruel thing that we've been so indoctrinated to think that by doing something that's beautiful and creative they would be so disgusted in you by not doing some in inverted commas proper job yeah I mean our parents bless them they want stability for us in this Mm. physical world stability is equated to money right so they want to see us in stable solid careers that bring us loads of money and if they're not artistically inclined or perhaps see artistry as something that's not a tangible job and your parents are against you being a creative then your creative career has to be at a mastery level Mm -hmm. so that you justify hurting your parents or family so much by following your calling it's horrible it is isn't it Mm -hmm. you are never going to achieve your artistic goals if you immediately say your goalpost as a master level that immediately kills your artistic expression yeah but the need or that feeling inside of you that you will 
absolve your parents' disapproval、mm-hmm. of your creative life by achieving that mastery level. Ooh, it's not a healthy emotion. It's not a healthy drive. It's so sad that when you're doing something creative, you would be cast as rebellious. Yeah. Oh, the creative rebellion she has wrought upon this family. We are horrified. She decided to become an actor.、Mm. Most of the time, they would be just saying, "Oh well, as long as you're doing what you love," and it's perhaps always slightly repressed and not fully expressed. And you always get a bit of a nod and a bit of a、oh. half acknowledgement. Yeah, that I think that hurts even more than an outright disapproval or outright criticism. Julia has a lovely pearl of wisdom: the need to be a great artist makes it hard to be an artist. The need to produce a great work of art makes it hard to produce any work at all. I was always concerned that I would. Start something and not continue it to fruition. And actually, that comes from somebody saying to me when I was thinking about doing a comedy night, "Do you think you'll be able to commit to it?" And that stopped me from doing it. Right. And then another opportunity arose a few years later, and I thought, "Stuff it! I'm doing it." And I managed to start and continue comedy nights, a radio show, this podcast. So it was just that initial person literally putting a seed of doubt in my mind that stopped me doing it. I know it sounds like I'm blaming somebody else, and I am because it was me taking on. Bore that fear, Joe. They use the big word commitment.、Mm-hmm. We hear commitment. Most people run for the hills. That really does strike home. Since we are talking about. Fear. Did you know that fear and excitement physiologically are basically the same response? It feels like that because you have the same feeling in your tummy, don't you?、Mm-hmm. Fear and excitement elicit that feeling. So I've nicked this from Jill Griffin. She's a career coach, and she says this: When you experience fear, your brain instructs the body to increase your breathing and heart rate, dilate your pupils, and make your palms sweaty. Surprisingly, when you feel excitement, the brain triggers the same physiological reaction. Crazy, right? It is indeed. <laughs> so what's different? Your thoughts about the circumstance. When you are feeling excited, it's because of your thoughts. When you feel fear, is also because of your thoughts. To change your thoughts, you must examine them, even the negative ones. Awareness precedes change. Make a decision to investigate your thoughts. That's brilliant advice, isn't it?、Mm. Thank you, Jill Griffin. The other thing that's important when you think about fear is that fight or flight response. Oh yeah. Doctor Kathy Kesselman says when. We lack the power or ability to fight or flee, which occurs commonly with complex trauma. We freeze, appease, or dissociate. Yeah, our creative expression is so close to our heart, so close、mm. to who we are. And sometimes, when we are asked to perhaps stretch ourselves outside our comfort zone,、mm. we just feel so daunted by it, and、yeah. we do experience the same level of fear as though we were facing a saber-toothed tiger. Yeah,、mm-hmm. and that's that sympathetic nervous system response. That fires up your adrenal glands, yeah, and gets you into that high alert state.、Mm-hmm. Which is okay because you want to survive. Yeah. But if we are constantly in our lives putting off and putting off our projects, that sympathetic nervous system is constantly working overtime. Yeah. And we overwhelm our adrenals, and we end up in a state of anxiety. Yeah. And that's when you produce the stress hormone. Yeah. Which makes you feel terrible. That makes、mm. you feel completely oppressed. So you don't actually have the push to move through it. Yeah.、Mm. I just find it fascinating that we've been wired so as to think that there is this dangerous. Animal in front of us, but there isn't a dangerous animal. What's in front of us, or actually, it's not even in front of us, is in our mind. Is this concept? Yeah, and it's based usually for me, but you might agree as well on. 
what will other people think? Mm-hmm. How will they perceive me? Yep, of course. It's an interesting loop, isn't it? It really is. Around and around and around we go. <laughs> so we use love and compassion. We are good to ourselves. We say to ourselves, it's okay. It's no shameful to feel all these feelings. We're only human. We are human. Now, as a performer, I'm sure you've experienced it as well. By standing up, doing comedy nights, stage fright. Heavens, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, that's an energy which I think is a mixture of fear and excitement. Yes. Definitely. And we can use that energy to thrust us forward. Adrenaline. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good because it does put you on high alert and you step out on that stage and then you relax. You're there. The audience is there. The lines are flowing. The lights are on. Let's do it. Yes. But when you're waiting in those wings, (laughs) the interesting thing about fear is The more you confront, the more you do what you're afraid of, the less afraid you will feel. Absolutely. So facing fear can make us feel afraid, but being enthusiastic about what we do can make every part of the journey in creativity so much better. I find myself quite enthusiastic the majority of the time. That's what I love about you, Joe, and I've learned so much from you just from your incredible joy for life and this big open heart that you have. You are so childlike in a beautiful way and you love yourself and you award yourself and life is an adventure isn't it for you every day (laughs) yeah well I do feel like life is meant to be enjoyed yeah I don't believe that we're supposed to be in drudgery or Mm. made to feel like we're not worth something or that we should be grateful for what you've got don't get above your station no Don't you dare. She thought a lot of herself because she had every right to. Well, I will say it, and whether one is religious or not, I do believe we are God's children, and we each have a crown on our head. Our divinity. Yes. We ourselves are divine and beautiful, and it doesn't come from that conceited, hoity-toity attitude or point of view. No, it comes from love. Namaste. (laughs) Namaste. Being an artist or being a creative is just a job, isn't it? It's a job you happen to absolutely love. Yeah. It's not glamorous. It's not something, oh, an artist, oh, wow. Please admire me for that. Yeah, no. (laughs) You know, we get up, we've got normal days, it's not a nine-to-five routine, but still, yes, we're disciplined, we know our technique, but what keeps us jumping out of the bed each morning. The enthusiasm for it, for the thing that is making you feel great. If it makes you feel great, why wouldn't you feel enthusiasm for it? That's Mm. why when we do jobs that are just so alien to our natural beingness, they feel like drudgery because that's exactly what they are. Yeah. The trap we can fall into is that if we are so super self-disciplined, we can start feeling so good about ourselves, a little bit of a self-pride. We're kind of stroking that ego. Yeah. Creativity happens within a flow. Completely. Well, in the stream. Exactly. And sometimes that flow isn't there. Yeah. I will have days when I just, as the Zen masters say, chop wood, carry water. It's those days when you just do the mundane, everyday tasks. Yeah. Because you can't expect to be firing on all cylinders Mm. 24-7. And Mm. you mustn't beat yourself up about not being that. I remember very early on in my creative career, I did this exercise where I listed out all the activities that I do, which are connected to my creativity. And then I just gathered them all under the same umbrella as creative work Hmm. so anything that i do on a daily basis that i know feeds my creativity that is my creative discipline and my creative routine yeah everything that i do does something to move me forward creatively on a daily basis so when i have those days when i just chop wood carry water i've actually created something yes maybe not tangible but i was in the flow yeah 
So Joe, what is enthusiasm? Well, it's what gets us out of bed in the morning and what keeps us going over a prolonged period of time, which is really important to remember that if you're in a play, say for example, and you've got to get up and do that play every day and sometimes twice a day for three months, how are you going to motivate yourself to do that when you are on your knees? Although you're doing what you love, it's still tough and it's exhausting. So to remember how to feel enthusiastic about it is important, isn't it? So we looked into the definition of enthusiasm and it is a source or cause of great excitement or interest which is rather nice isn't it the word enthusiasm has a very beautiful derivation we can trace it all the way back to a greek word entheos Mm. en meaning in and theos god in god or it can mean be inspired or possessed by a god be wrapped or be in ecstasy and julia calls it filled with god it's beautiful Mm. it's the god within you it's the divinity within you it's the creator yeah it's all of that That's enthusiasm. I love it. The creator within you is creating and driving you forward. You are it. It is you. Well, we are very deep this week, aren't we, Jo? Oh, we are indeed. (laughs) Julia says about enthusiasm that it's not an emotional state. It's a spiritual commitment, a loving surrender to our creative process, a loving recognition of all the creativity around us. Enthusiasm is an ongoing energy supply tapped into the flow of life itself. Oh, isn't that juicy? I mean, you just read that Mm -hmm. and you go, yes, it makes me feel enthusiastic. (laughs) Me too. Again, we go back to that lovely thought and remembering that our creativity is grounded in play, Mm -hmm. not in work. We've just said it's work. Yes, it is. But because its core, its root is playful, it's joyful. It is joyful. And every single week, Julia mentions that our creativity is an artist child within Mm. us. It's not childish, it's childlike. And it yearns for creative accomplishment. Yeah. And she also likens enthusiasm to a child's love of secret adventure. You get up out of bed in the morning and you're like, ooh, what secret adventure will I get on today? That's because you're magical. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) We always circle back to the same idea that Art is a process and it is supposed to be fun. And to us creatives, work discipline is fun. Yes, it is. Julia says, The journey is always the only arrival and it may be interpreted to mean that our creative work is actually our creativity itself at play in the field of time. At the heart of this play is the mystery of joy. It's gorgeous. What else do you need? Yeah, they're all just gorgeous words. But they are true. Yay! <laughs> Another truth. Oh. The creative U-turns that we make on our journeys. There we are. We're speaking about fear again. Yeah. Well, it is the theme for this week. Absolutely. <laughs> so our artistic recovery requires a commitment to health and happiness. Mm, yeah. And we need to step out of the woe is me and victim attitude and mindset, don't we? Mm-hmm. There's a mechanism at play where we keep taking away from our abilities by pretending we have this wrong with us or that wrong with us, which in turn makes us unable to create. It's a form of creative hypochondria, as I call it. <laughs> we are reducing ourselves. We are making ourselves smaller and we are taking away from 
from our creative abilities. So Julia has really thought of everything, hasn't she? Yes, she has. We make creative U-turns, especially when we're beginning to be successful or when we're met with a creative challenge that we've never dealt with before. Around we go. So what is a creative U-turn? Turning away from your path, from your dream, your goal. I call them bouncers because they (laughs) bounce you out away from where you're meant to go. Yes, I like that. So creative U-turns are a form of self-defeat. Another form of self-sabotage, isn't it? You want to do it, you're going to do it, then no, I'm not going to do it. And is that the fear of success that makes you do that creative U-turn or the fear of failure? It's interesting that very often it happens when we are just breaking into the creative craft or industry Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. big things are starting to happen. It ties into that image of an artist as healthy and productive Mm -hmm. versus you should be a struggling artist Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and always struggle for money and life should be such drudgery and you should only achieve artistic success or creative success when you're very old (laughs) you know so it does go against the societal view of what an artist is yeah and there is this need to re-educate society on what an artist really is yes we are successful we are creators for crying out loud let's create something positive i think the indifference is one of the signs that we're about to make a creative u-turn oh yes you know oh well my favorite for a long time was oh that's just not good enough is it now Mm -hmm. and then i would just not finish it i hate that though not finishing something it does leave you feeling sort of bereft you've got to keep going on that road and not get distracted Mm. that's why we need to have our goals set firmly in our mind i think you've got a a special little trick I do. do that, haven't you? I have a trick that I've learned that I nicked actually from the business environment and there's an acronym for goals and Mm. it says goals must be SMART S-M-A-R-T and it stands for specific measurable attainable relevant and time-based. Right, excellent. Or Dallas Travers calls them SAGE goals. And SAGE stands for specific, achievable, genuine, and expansive. Oh, I prefer Dallas's. What's wonderful about them, the specificity, the fact that you need to be able to measure them. So they're not just up in the ether, unable for you to put your finger on. Yeah, they'd be quantifiable. They have to be realistic. Mm -hmm. You ought to be able to attain them. Yeah. We're on that road, we're chugging along, in that car, and all of a sudden... Ooh, <laughs> what's that roadside attraction? <laughs> I think I shall stop there for another five years and forget about where I'm going. Yeah. And you know what? We do it. We do do it. Gosh. So stay on that course. Or do make a temporary stop and, you know, walk about and then go back in that car. Yeah, but something you might see on your U-turn might inspire you yeah. and it might actually help mm. with the initial plan or might give you something completely different to think yeah. about. Yeah. And that's why we very often go back and remind ourselves about synchronicity and fine-tuning our listening skills to understand when the veering off course is Mm -hmm. synchronicity or just plain inability to face what we are being asked to do. And this is where compassion plays a huge role in our creative lives, doesn't it? Yeah, compassion for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Especially when we are asked to do something that takes us out of our comfort zone. Yeah, we feel shame. And what we need to do is to cultivate the capacity to recognise, avoid or recover from our creative Mm U-turns. Because, you know, when we look at careers of really successful artists and creatives, we realise that successful creative failures bring about a successful creative career. 
Yeah, you have to fail to succeed. Mm. And I also love the fact that Julia reinforces this truth that creative wounds are best healed by being creative. Essentially, the answer to every block is to be creative. Just do it. Yes, because creative U-turns really do cost us time, don't they? Oh, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know about you, but when I did the tasks, and I was like, I wish I had that 20 years ago. I would have saved myself so much time. We need to allow ourselves to mourn our abandoned yeah. dreams. And this week, task number four was absolutely absolutely fantastic the language that julia uses in the actual description of the exercise is just so healing she says forgive yourself for all your failures of nerve timing and initiative devise a personalized list of affirmations to help you do better in the future very gently very gently consider whether any aborted abandoned savaged or sabotaged brain children can be rescued Remember, you are not alone. All of us have taken creative U-turns. Choose one creative U-turn, retrieve it, mend it. I like that so much. I've got a couple of creative brain children that have been shelved, let's Mm. say. I haven't fully abandoned them because I've been focusing on something else, but I know it's time to pick them back up off the shelf. I didn't put pressure on myself to now revive them all and now do them. I just felt if I recover them, resurrect them, so to speak, Mm. and just look at them on a piece of paper and say, you're mine, I'll give you a big hug. Mm. It's okay for you to just stay on the page, but you're now acknowledged and you're loved. Yes. I know it sounds a bit airy-fairy, but that helps me. Yeah. Well, this is a good time now to slow down and take a wandering pause to reflect. So, Amelia, as ever, please ring your bell. Here it comes. And breathe. (laughs) So, this is where we're going to take a moment and think of enthusiasm as a divinely inspired state as being filled with God yes I think we don't think about that very often do we I probably never thought about it until this moment yes. in time let's give enthusiasm its due worth yeah indeed when was the last time you felt enthusiastic what are you enthusiastic about in your life what is it about those things which incite enthusiasm in you perhaps you can find one thing to focus on today which makes you excited and filled with enthusiasm yeah i think i'm going to give that a go as well (laughs) the reason we've chosen enthusiasm as part of our moment to reflect is that when we really examine the feeling of enthusiasm it's rather wonderful yeah it is i think most of the time we are keen to mislabel it and call it just happy it makes me feel happy but there is a huge difference between happiness and enthusiasm so really dig in and try to feel what enthusiasm feels like where do you feel it in your body Mm -hmm. how does it express itself through your artistic or creative expression yeah indeed get thinking folks absolutely Going back to the creative U-turns, Joe. what's also important to remember is that they can happen mid-project, not only at the beginning of something. Yes, they can. And that's when they're most damaging, I think. Yes. And that's when we need to look for resistance. Yes, indeed. And Julia has devised the most incredible set of steps to help us at any stage of our artistic journey or artistic process with blasting through those creative blocks. Yes. And helps us with avoiding creative U-turns. 
emotions, yeah. One needs to be free from resentment and resistance, aka anger and fear, to work freely and artistically. Yes. So she says, blocks are seldom mysterious. They are instead recognisable artistic defences against what is perceived, rightly or wrongly, as a hostile environment. So we need to get these buried barriers and blocks Mm -hmm. out in the open. Yep. As well as, you know, when you've got those payoffs for not working. Yeah. We need to dig those up as well and put them out in the open if we are to progress with the work we want to do. Yep, Absolutely. Julia says, do not forget that your artist is childlike Mm. and it throws tantrums, it holds grudges and has irrational fears. And like most children, they're afraid of the dark and any unsafe, scary adventures. And it's our job to convince them that it's safe to come out and play. Exactly. You look out for any resentments or anger you Mm -hmm. have in connection to that project. You list out any fears about the project. You then ask yourself truthfully, is that all or am I still harboring any fears or resentments (laughs) be truthful remember nobody's gonna read it no it's just between you and a piece of paper yeah (laughs) and then you ask yourself what you stand to gain by not doing this piece of work or project yeah and you make your deal and the deal is okay creative force you take care of the quality i'll take care of the quantity yeah and then you sign your deal and you post it to yourself And Julia gives us the big warning signs, big Mm -hmm. lights flashing, that this is a very powerful exercise and it can do fatal damage to a creative block. It sure can. I discovered resistance in me almost in every single creative project that I start. It is strange. You want it. Yep. You get it. Yep. And then There are hidden resistances, fears, resentments, and this is perfect. And I would venture so far as to say it's applicable to life itself. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's use it in all areas of our lives. Exactly. And let's see how much we can progress if we put this into action. I love it. My goodness me, Amelia! We're back at the Inspiration Station! We're back in Scotland, it seems. That we are! Toot toot! Woohoo! <laughs> so, Amelia, tell me, what has inspired you this week? Well, I was inspired by enthusiasm. How marvellous! I was pondering about how this enthusiasm and creative U-turns, how do they link together? And I remembered about purpose. Mm. Purpose in life, knowing what our goals are, having them defined clearly and then following our path. Right. I've got a lovely little book by Richard Maddox and it's called The Energy Book. And he talks about purpose. He says, let's look at some dictionary definitions of purpose. It's something done intentionally, consciously. It's the reason to do something. And somebody who has purpose is determined, resolute. Mm. Now, purpose comes from a Latin word and it means to put or set forth. Or place. Mm-hmm. So let's see what Richard speaks about. He says, understanding the power of purpose provides essential insights to enable you to use all of your energies in an effective and efficient manner, thereby unleashing more of your potential. A sense of life purpose promotes physical, emotional and mental health. It is an undisputed fact that people who define and follow their life purpose lead happier, healthier and longer lives. At some point in their lives, many people ask themselves questions like, why am I doing what I do? What is the point of all this? Why do I get up in the morning? In trying to answer these questions, we initiate a personal project to find 
find our life purpose. But it's not something you have to go out and get. It's something you need to identify and unlock within yourself. It is also not a case of having a purpose. It is related to living purposefully. Living purposefully is about using your qualities and talents to create more meaning and fulfillment for yourself and others. Thus, a life purpose is basically a choice, an intention to live in a certain way. Here are some questions to help initiate the process of identifying your life purpose. During the last week, which moments gave you strong feelings of satisfaction? During the previous six months, when have you felt truly alive and energized in the flow? What were you doing then? What are the biggest challenges you have experienced in your life? Which talents and qualities did you use to overcome them? Which activities most inspire and energize you during an average day? How do you behave when you are at your best? If you never had to work again, how would you spend your days to feel fulfilled, relevant and alive? When you have answered these questions, spend some chunks of time reviewing and reflecting upon your answers. You will begin to identify common threads that lead toward your life purpose. I highly recommend that you then try to increasingly live your life in line with these threads. You will undoubtedly experience a huge increase in impact from all your energies in all parts of your life. Your energy levels will be higher and you will feel more fulfilled and satisfied. Well, they are fantastic questions to ask yourself. Hmm. What was your inspiration this week? I found this little gem in John O'Donoghue's On Beauty and it's from Herman Brock's The Death of Virgil. Certainly, many instances of earthly beauty, a song, the twilight sea, the tone of the lyre, the voice of a boy, a verse, a statue, a column, a garden, a single flower, all possess the divine faculty of making man hearken unto the innermost and outermost boundaries of his existence. And therefore, it is not to be wondered at that the lofty art of Orpheus was esteemed to have the power of diverting the streams from their beds and changing their courses, or luring the wild beasts of the forest with tender dominance, of arresting the cattle a browse upon the meadows and moving them to listen, caught in the dream and enchanted the dream wish of all art the world compelled to listen ready to receive the song and its salvation absolutely stunning this is what we as artists and creatives really want Mm -hmm. the world compelled to listen ready to receive the song and its salvation yes because as an artist people wrongly think you're doing it out of some sort of egotistical Mm. standpoint but you're not you're actually asking the viewer to consider themselves and whether it resonates with them on a level or how it will change them potentially i love the image of orpheus and his flute and Mm. the magic he is wielding in terms of commanding the elements would be lovely to have that magical flute for a day or even just for a minute we do have it i guess we do you're right (laughs) yeah we've come to the end of another podcast well i say it every week i cannot (laughs) believe we're already there time does fly we do have fun so amelia what's coming up next week oh coming up next week week 10 of the artist way recovering a sense of self-protection we are approaching the finish line which means the race is well and truly on it certainly is (laughs) no rest for the wicked this week as we examine our toxic habits and patterns of behavior which interfere with 
with our creativity. Oh, we'll be looking at addictions aplenty, such as workaholism, fame and competition. And we'll also address how to deal with creative drought. I look forward to it. Me too. Thank you for wandering with us and remember to always be on the lookout for the presence of wonder. See you next time. Thank you.